the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. As we head into Hour 2, I want to spend some time on uh, education. As uh, many of you know, uh, if you've been following the news or some of the interviews and talk on this show, uh, we in this state passed a massive educating, education, uh, uh, educational choice system for all parents in Arizona under the uh, pass by the pa- by dint of the passage of the state legislature and under the signature of Governor Ducey. Great piece of legislation to help free our students and parents from being trapped in schools they don't want to be at and giving them the same choice that everyone else has in what school they do want for their children, for their families. A group called Save Our Schools tried to refer that piece of legislation to the leg- to the uh, to the to the ballot that we would then all vote on, and in doing so, it would stop the implementation. Just getting enough signatures for that referendum would stop the implementation of that law, freezing school choice in Arizona for another two years. And they trumpeted on Friday that they got the right number of signatures to stop the legislation of school choice from taking effect. Well, guess what? The signatures have been counted. The petitions have been counted, and they are severely lacking and wanting. It looks like they will not be stopping school choice from going into effect. This has garnered national attention, the fight here, because Katie Hobbs, the current Secretary of State, who actually has to administer and count uh, those signatures, is running for governor. She opposes the school choice expansion. And the Wall Street Journal editorialized today this way on Arizona. One lesson from Virginia's election last year and school board races around the country is that parents want a larger say in the education of their children. That's bad news for Democrat Katie Hobbs, who is running for governor in Arizona on a promise to roll back the state's recent school choice expansion. A decade ago, Arizona Arizona pioneered education savings accounts, or ESAs, which let parents spend state dollars for their child's private school tuition, tutoring, curriculum, and other educational needs. The program was limited mainly to students with special needs or who attended low-rated public schools. But this year, the legislature and the governor made it universal, open for everyone. Now parents can get roughly $7,000 to use as they choose to educate their children where they like. ESAs are far are a far greater threat to the teachers' union public school monopoly than the state's tax credit scholarships, which depend in part on individual and corporate donations and often aren't enough to cover private tuition. Many charter schools also have long waiting lists. Echoing her union allies, Katie Hobbs claims in her education plan that Republicans, quote, have moved to expand school vouchers without common sense measures of accountability with the clear intent to eventually do away with our local public schools. 
Vouchers should not have been expanded to provide an unaccountable means of enriching private schools and defunding our local public schools. Close quote. Translation. Parents can't be trusted with making education decisions, a message unlikely to play well with parents. By the way, on that Katie Hobbs quote, vouchers should not have been expanded to provide an unaccountable means of enriching private schools and defunding our local public schools. What accountability is there for failing public schools? That question is not asked because it has no answer or the answer is actually none. There is no accountability for public schools when they fail our children. Katie Hobbs's claims that school choice defunds public schools also is false. State education dollars follow students, but public schools would continue to get other funding. According to the Goldwater Institute, education savings accounts this year cost about $6,400 for, $6, for the typical student, compared to more than $11,000 that state and local taxpayers spend on each public school student. In either case, Governor Ducey's budget this year increased K-12 public funding by $1 billion. So the unions really have no reason to gripe. The unions want to lock all students into the public school system they control. They also worry that universal ESAs will increase competition among the states. Arizona Republicans have set an example. Will Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis allow himself to be outdone? What about Texas Republicans who have been slow to embrace private school choice? Katie Hobbs is doing the union's bidding by trying to kill this all. The race for governor is close, and Democrats are seeking to rev up turnout by making the election about Donald Trump. GOP gubernatorial nominee Carrie Lake hasn't, uh, hasn't helped herself, according to this editorial, or her party by insisting that the 2020 election was stolen. That's the Wall Street Journal's editorializing. I actually haven't heard Carrie speak about it that much lately, if at all. I've been to several of her speeches. It hasn't come up. Her election fraud claims put off many Republicans. Well, she's not making them right now. A winning and unifying issue for Republicans this November is school choice. That is what I actually hear Carrie Lake speaking about right now. Mr. DeSantis won in 2018, thanks in part to support from black mothers who were worried his Democratic opponent would take away their kids' state scholarships. Miss Lake has a chance to drive a similar message, and Miss Hobbs has made herself vulnerable by telling parents they can't be trusted with school choice. Well said, aside from the distraction and misinformation that came out of um, the journalist editorial board, they, they aren't up to date. Uh, on how Kerry's been campaigning, and they aren't clearly up to date on the signature count problem here in Arizona for the Democrats, for the Save Our Schools public teacher union interests. So they're a little off on that, but they're absolutely right on the money, and they're absolutely right on the spending, and they're absolutely right on the accountability. It seems to me that there are a couple things that we need to keep in mind when it comes to education reform, not just nationally, but more specifically here in Arizona. First of all, the office of superintendent, the office of superintendent of public instructions, of public instruction. I think it should be eliminated. It is a separately elected office when we hold the governor, usually the governor, accountable for education outcomes in this state. It makes no sense to have a separately elected director of public instruction who is not part of the governor's office or under 
the governor's tutelage, under the governor's umbrage, doesn't even have to implement what the governor wants if the superintendent is of a different party, as is the case right now. So you have a Republican governor in Doug Ducey being judged and adjudged for educational outcomes when the head of public instruction in Arizona is a separately elected official accountable to a different set of voters and comes from a different party with a different outlook on education. She also doesn't have that much control over education. She mostly has a bully pulpit and the ability to direct certain funds here and there around the marginalia. I'd get rid of the office altogether and put the superintendent of public instruction under the office of the governor. Beyond that, I would redefine what public instruction means. The superintendent of public instruction should not mean the superintendent of instruction that takes place in public schools. It should mean the superintendent of education that is for and on behalf of the entire public. That means not just traditional public schools and charter schools, but also private schools. I would have them in charge and responsible for all education. That way, when the ESAs take full flower and effect, the superintendent or the director of state education or the director of public instruction in Arizona will be able to work as easily with the private schools as the public schools will be able to work in concert with both and create and stop this artificial division, which should not exist now that parents and children can direct their children to whatever school they want. Public, private, parochial, charter, home, you name it, any kind of school, public instruction should not be a monopoly given over to teachers unions and the Democratic Party. Public instruction is all our instruction. We all pay for it. They don't ask you what party you are when you pay your property taxes or your state income taxes. We all pay for it. They don't ask you where you send your kids to school. They don't even ask you if you have kids. You're still responsible for paying money into our budget for education. It should be for all students. That is to say, for all parents, which is to say, for all Arizonans. We'll talk to some more experts about this in a few moments. I'm Seth Leibson. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. If you're looking for a remarkable investment opportunity with a great return from the investors, check out my friends at Y Refi. What they are offering up is a fixed, no-load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm. It's made up of really great people. They're investors who do well by doing good for others, and you can be a part of that too. To check Why Refi out, go to investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com, investyrefi.com. Or you can give them a call at 855-316-3087. That's 855 3087. They're a local company. You can uh, visit with them and meet with them, and they won't even give you a sales pitch. They'll just tell you what it is that they do and let it speak for itself. If I can go back to um, the education discussion just a moment, it might be good for you to get a sense of what your billions and billions and billions of dollars of tax, tax your billions and billions and billions of tax dollars are doing in the state of Arizona for the money that we spend. 
in Arizona on education, we are at a position right now where the state superintendent of education, the Democrat uh, Democratic Party uh, elected superintendent of edu- education, Hoffman, hosts a chat room. As we speak, she is um, in charge of the creation and maintenance of a chat room for students, which is to say for children, to speak about and explore their sexuality outside of the view, the purview, the intelligence, the knowledge, and the information of their parents, concealing from the parents what these students are up to in these chat rooms. If you think that's not fraught with danger, just take a beat or two and think what could possibly go wrong here. Just think about that for a moment. Think about the fact that 23% of our fourth graders fail at math. Fourth grade being such a critical time. Think about that. 23, almost a quarter of our fourth graders fail at math. 40% of our fourth graders fail at reading. The goal in education used to be to get someone to read by the third grade. Then we said the fourth grade. And then we said, if they can't read by that grade, you're going to be facing a child that will be lost for the rest of their academic career, the rest of their elementary and secondary education career. We're at 40% of fourth graders who fail reading as we speak. When it comes to eighth graders, 32% of our eighth graders fail math. Almost a third of our eighth graders fail math, while 30% of eighth graders fail at reading. Nearly 20% of our 12th graders regularly use marijuana, which is nearly double the amount of 10th graders who do. Ask yourself how that's possible. We made marijuana illegal for people under the age of 21 in Arizona, didn't we? Huh. Worked out great. 25% of 12th graders say they have missed school days because they did not feel safe at school. Missed school days because they did not feel safe at school. There is no excuse for children not feeling safe at school. There is no excuse for any of this, quite frankly. None. When we are spending upwards of $8,000 per student, we should be able to educate each and every student. And if a school can't do it, as we were saying in the previous segment, there are schools that can. There are teachers that will. There are all forms of education possibilities in this country. In a country, I should say, which has innovated so many industries. Think about how many things are different in your life, the way you buy things. Perhaps it's a book, perhaps it's groceries, perhaps it's music, the way you do business, teleconferencing, uh, all kinds of of, uh, electronic meetings taking place right now. Think about uh, your telecommuting. Think about all the things that have changed in instruction and business in this country, except... The regular school day, the regular school day and the regular uh, school week is seemingly impermeable to reform and change. One of the complaints I have, one, and it's probably my biggest one, about how we do education reform in this state and too many other places. I'm not opposed to catching up and giving more money to the school system. 
We added a billion dollars to the education budget this year because it had lacked certain funding over previous years and we needed to catch up to the right formula. No problem with it. There are proposals, candidates running for office to inject more money into the schools. They have different formulations, including not to administration and not to infrastructure, but to make sure the money gets into the hands of the teachers. I'm all for that, too. But, but... There should be no more expenditure of education dollars without education reform attached to it. We should be demanding better outcomes with all the inputs we are putting financially into the education system. What might some common sense output expectations be? What might some common sense changes be to the education system that we demand? Well, one of them certainly could be merit pay for teachers. I'm all for paying great teachers great amounts of money. Let's do that. Teachers claim they're professionals. I agree they are professionals. They certainly, in many cases, go to professional school and deserve to be treated as professionals. Let's treat them like professionals. The better they do, the more they're paid. And I wouldn't even put a cap on it so long it's when, as so long as it's within the state and district budgets. The better they do, the more they should be paid. Seems pretty simple to me. How about having scores on schools and teaching and district-wide financing when it comes to getting children beyond 40% failing reading in the fourth grade or beyond 32% failing math in the eighth grade? I would give bonus dollars to those that can change those outcomes. How about drug and substance abuse-free schools? I would give more money to schools that are able to achieve that and reduce substance abuse reporting out of their schools. There's a whole range of things you can do that will be objected to by the Democratic Party and the teachers' unions in this state. They'll object to it strenuously, strenuously. And there's really no intellectual reason as to why we should bow down to it and just keep shoveling more and more money without any reform. We spend the money. We take the criticism when we don't do well with the spending of the money. Why don't we start taking some of the affirmation to showing what real reform could look like? Well, welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Jenny Clark is uh, joining us. We are delighted to have her. She is the founder of Love Your School, loveyourschool.org, uh, which is a wonderful resource for everything from uh, understanding and how to access and do better at homeschooling, in your public schools, micro schools, how to deploy the new voucher law. If you have questions about that and finding the right school for your child, fabulous resource, Love Your School. Jenny, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. I love the energy. I love what you're doing. Um, last time we talked, uh, you were talking about the implementation uh, that Governor Ducey signed into law of our education uh, educational choice uh, legislation. And a lot has transpired since then, a few fits and starts over the last two weeks. Can you catch us up on uh, what happened with the Save Our Schools project and what we have uh, come to learn as of today about all that? Well, it has been a very eventful uh, few days in the school choice movement. Of course, on Friday, uh, Save Our Schools Arizona said that they had submitted over 141,000 signatures to pause Arizona's universal ESA expansion. We, of course, have learned since then, uh, mostly yesterday, 
that it appears that they have fallen far short from the total that they needed to pause the ESA program. And it looks like, Seth, that we are headed towards a victory. Every Arizona family is very close to having access to the Universal ESA program. This is fantastic. I was reading earlier an editorial in the Wall Street Journal, I think it's today's Wall Street Journal, that was touting this um, this. Um, this progress for school choice in Arizona. But so so that uh, listeners fully understand this, the state legislature passed an expansion of school choice. Governor Ducey blessedly signed it. And then an effort called Save Our Schools tried to stop it by referring it to the November ballot. But by just collecting enough signatures, um, they could stop the implementation of this school choice for the next two years, right? That's what was at stake here with their signature count, wasn't it? Do I have this close to right? Yeah, you, you've got it absolutely spot on. Essentially, uh, they had 90 days from the end of the session to gather those signatures. Of course, they were, you know, out all over the place doing that. And apparently it just seems that they have failed to find enough Arizonans uh, that were interested in signing those petitions to stop the ESA bill. And, of course, I would argue, Seth, that's because we are in a new day and era when it comes to education. Families want choices. They want options. They want freedom. What is the biggest justification, Jenny? Because, you know, when you talk about this, uh, if I talk about it, you know, it seems like such a common sense and a commonsensically oriented piece of legislation. Just allow us to send our kids wherever we want. What is the biggest objection that opponents to this raise? What is what is it that they what is it that keeps them awake at night that keeps wanting parents not to be able to have the same choices? You know, sometimes Seth, I, I wish I could get into the minds. Right, I see the arguments, I see them tweeted out, I hear the rhetoric, and it essentially is this fear that somehow giving families a choice, you know, allowing families to decide what education environment is best for their child is somehow going to hurt those families that have chosen the public school system. And unfortunately, you know, I just don't think that that's accurate. I don't think it's anywhere near accurate. There are hundreds of thousands of Arizona families who absolutely love their public schools. Mm -hmm. And to them, we say, keep those public schools. But for those families who it's not working, we want them to have a choice. Now, they will say on the other side, Jenny, they will say, yeah, but when you give parents this money, $7,000 to use as they choose, let's say, that's depriving the public school of that money. That's what they argue, right? Yes, but essentially, Seth, it all comes back to the fundamental question. What is the purpose of education dollars in Arizona? The purpose of those dollars is the education of our children, and we just happen to have an extra bonus with the way the ESA is written, is that not only do families get a choice, not only are those kids getting educated with those dollars, which are the purpose of those funds, but it also saves taxpayers in the process. So essentially, you know, I still don't buy that argument because the the money is there for the kids. Absolutely right. It's a question not only of what's less expensive, and in many cases the per-pupil expenditure costs more at the public school than what the education-saving allotment would be. That's one point. And the other point is, are we here to protect institutions or are we here to teach children, right? That's really the other question. There's a third point. Maybe if you can address this on the other side, too, which is the gobs of money we spent on public instruction in this state already, even with a new infusion of more than a billion dollars. Can we talk about that on the other side of this break, Jenny? 
Absolutely. Would love to. Thank you very much. Jenny Clark is our guest. She is the founder and executive director of Love Your School. Check it out, loveyourschool.org. Homeschooling for public schools, micro schools, ESOs. Talks about parents' rights, too, and we'll come back on all that with more from Jenny Clark in just a sec. That music reminds me of my high school days. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Little Brian Adams for you there. Our guest is Jenny Clark. She is the founder and executive director of Love Your School, loveyourschool.org. Uh, Jenny, I don't have my computer in front of me. If you want to hand out any, uh, give out any social media, Twitter, or any Facebook info, go right ahead and feel free to do so as well. Well, we love families to follow us on Instagram. We are Love Your School AZ on Instagram, same handle on Facebook. And on Twitter, we are I Heart My School. Would love for you to follow us. Great. And the website is loveyourschool.org. Jenny, the money. People don't realize how much money we are pouring into public instruction in Arizona. It's an astounding number. Uh, you know, I was listening to a uh, candidate for Governor Katie Hobbs the other day in a, in a discussion with a reporter about um, education reform. All she could talk about, with no specifics, all she could talk about was infusing more money into a already deprived of funds system. I haven't looked at our state budget recently, but we're putting something close to $10 billion bucks into public instruction in Arizona, aren't we? Fix my number if I'm off. No, we are, but it's even more than that because we have to remember, Seth, that the public school system is flush with cash uh, because of all those infusions from the COVID relief dollars. Uh-huh. So we're, we're not just talking about the Arizona budget, which, of course, has poured billions in and will continue to do so. Uh, we've got all these additional dollars flowing in as well. Jenny Clark of Love Your School. Jenny, I love your optimism, and I love the um, I love the, the 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 gaze you have about education generally, which is that every child can be educated. Every child not only can be educated; it is our duty as uh, a society, as a state, as a community to see that every child get educated. We're not doing well though on a lot of fronts. On a lot of fronts, we're doing well. On a lot of other fronts, we're not doing well. I look at the NAEP numbers for Arizona, the nation's report card numbers for Arizona. I see 40% of fourth graders, for example, failing in reading. Just take that for a moment. We used to say third and fourth grade was the crucial time period to learn literacy or you kind of get lost in the system forever. What kinds of reforms does Love Your School advocate or support when it comes to education reform? Well, our focus is very, very square on school choice and education freedom because that we believe that when we're talking about those scores, right, that only 40% of Arizona, uh, you know, third and fourth graders are reading uh, proficiently at grade level, just a staggering number right there, that the true answer is school choice. The true answer is education freedom and giving families the funding and the flexibility to make decisions quickly for their children, uh, even when it comes to finding out, hey, why is my child not reading? What can I do about it? I've been in that situation before. I have two dyslexic kids, and thankfully we have 
an ESA, and we're able to get the therapies and the tutoring we need. Jenny, one of the interesting things about that is, you know, when you think about school choice, giving parents the ability to pick what's right for their individual circumstances or their family circumstances or educational needs, you know, it might not be the same two children in the same household going to the same schools. But what's interesting to me is how ardent, uh, for example, Secretary, current Secretary of State gubernatorial candidate Hobbs is in stopping all this, she says, she writes, vouchers should not have been expanded to provide an unaccountable means of enriching private schools and defunding our local public schools. What's interesting to me about that is she has never addressed, and her side will never address, the accountability for our public schools other than this, right? Other than voting with your feet, there is no accountability. It's a system that gets more money each year with nothing tied to it. Well, essentially, that is spot on, Seth, because you're talking about a system where, yes, a parent can see the grade, right? Like, we can see the A, B, C, right. you know, D, F ranking. But but after that, what choice do we have as a parent? That's when right. you are an individual parent and it's not working for your child, what can you do? Where can you go? Now, with an ESA, you actually have the potential and the possibility to leave and go somewhere else if that school isn't working. I also think it's kind of rich uh, coming from someone like Candidate Hobbs, uh, who went to private school herself. Yep. Not every family can afford that opportunity. Yeah, that 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 is one of the great dichotomies in this debate, in when, in, it, which is when you look at who some of the strongest opponents of school choice are, they're the very people that had the opportunity to go to the very kinds of schools we're just advocating should be made available to every child in Arizona. And we figured out a financial way to make it happen without starving the system and without depleting anything. It's it's a, it's a reform that harms no one but could help a great many tens of thousands of children in this state, right? That's absolutely right, and we need to give families a choice. The average family right now, um, unless you know, you're know you somehow wealthy, a middle-class family can't afford to make a choice to go to private school right. or even to home educate. That's the right. ESA gives families those options. That's right. And when someone says to me, well, $7,000 isn't going to cover all the expenses, well, listen, it, it, it certainly can allow for other other avenues of money to help fund those students, and maybe not every parent needs more than that $7,000. But you can have other contributions, and on top of which, you know what? There's nothing, nothing at all that says some of these private schools actually uh, cost more than some of what we're spending on our public schools. In some cases, this is a net savings. Yes, in many situations, people are not aware that in Arizona, we actually have so many private schools, kindergarten through eighth grade, that are well below that $7,000 range. But truthfully, I have never seen a private school uh, that we have approached with a family who was on an ESA not do everything in their power to either bridge that gap or help the family cover a smaller portion, do whatever it takes to make sure that that child has that option. You know, I'd rather say yes to these families who had no option before uh, than to kind of fall back on this silly argument, if you can even call it that, that, oh, these families can't make up the gap. You would be shocked at the things that I have seen some of these amazing families in Arizona do 
just with a little bit of help from an ESA. Oh, my gosh, you are so right. That is such a great point. Uh, absolutely right. And when that enrollment happens at some of these charters, you just look at those parking lots, and you'll see that people will do almost anything to get their kid into a good school. Jenny Clark, you are fantastic. Again, Jenny Clark from Love Your School. LoveYourSchool.org is her website. I'm Seth Liebson. Jenny, thank you. Until next time, really appreciate your work here. Thank you so much. You betcha. Welcome back. Thank you. It's interesting to me that uh, we're still debating school choice in this country and um, the way we have been. It's interesting to me how prominent an issue education has become again. I am so glad it has. It really is the factor that that defines and drives so many other public policy issues we have to deal with. The choice thing is something I've been tuned to for quite some time. Uh, my boss, Bill Bennett, when he was Secretary of Education under Ronald Reagan, he was the first Secretary of Education uh, to, um, to speak up on behalf of school choice, all kinds, all forms, including uh, homeschooling. And it's really quite a simple proposition. It's amazing to think, what, 40 or so years later, we're still having the same damn debate. While someone like Kathy Hoffman or Katie Hobbs can talk about school choice, um, take uh, not, not, not embracing any accountability for the private choices parents make, we sit here dumbfounded asking, and what accountability do we have over the public schools other than options in which to leave them. The affluent can buy the school of their choice, obviously, by buying a home in the neighborhood of their choice or by paying for private school. But the majority of Americans are not wealthy, though they, too, are heirs to what we promise, which is a great promise, American public education's promise, or at least former promise, former promise that it will provide the education parents wish for their children. Nothing should be higher on the national agenda or on our state agenda than the improvement of our public schools. Many are improving, and they should be applauded. Improvement can be aided by redesigning public education to ensure accountability through instruments of choice, instruments that will in turn enable parents to fulfill their responsibility for their children's education. I think it's not controversial that we should offer parents instruments of choice within public education and between public and private education. As Bill Bennett put it, it is the greatest of ironies that the American system of higher education, with generous taxpayer support, provides such choice in the selection of colleges, while in elementary and secondary education, which is compulsory for all, there is choice for so few. All parents... Not only the affluent must be able to exercise greater choice in what, where, and how their children learn. The idea that that's controversial is itself to me befuddling. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.